0: Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for
1: everyone. 56% of job seekers say the biggest challenge is finding a job that matches their qualifications. This according to an Express Employment Professionals Harris Poll survey. The job search can be lonely, but Express Employment Professionals can be your one connection to finding that job that fits you. Each year, hundreds of thousands of people find work through their local Express office. Find the location nearest to you at ExpressPros.com. No fees for somebody seeking a job. Visit ExpressPros.com.
0: What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit Slack.com to get started.
2: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio.
1: Mike Tirico doing big boy stuff. He's uh, hosting the Olympics, primetime host. You can catch him with the Olympic coverage in primetime at 8 Eastern on NBC. Mike joins us now. Are you keeping up on other sports there, Mike?
2: Very little, but I did put my hand in the air for Nick Foles when you mentioned Nick Foles.
1: Okay. Now, is that a real backdrop behind you, or is that something that you manufactured, Mike?
2: Wait a minute! I'll throw something through the open window and it'll go into the water. Watch.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, See the splash? I, 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 no, I I, 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 don't think I did.
2: I, I need to tell you that it's not. It's not a real. Okay. okay. I need to. It's. It's the middle of the night here. It's ten twenty-five. I'm staying up for you guys. I have to be up in six hours. Uh, I have to tell you something though. Uh, there's a show on Peacock with uh, Carrie Champion and Kenny Mayne. And I'm on their show a half hour before we go on NBC, and we do a crosstalk, and I have no idea what's coming up. And we started talking, and randomly, Kenny brought up Gary Miller and the World Cup. And I just started laughing uncontrollably. That would be so I just, it, soccer, go breakdown. soccer breakdown. Soccer breakdown. Actually, that's what Kenny said. Kenny said at some point in our conversation, like, yeah, you know, this is going to be a good event, and I think the U.S. may win a medal in that. And Kenny said soccer breakdown in 3, <laughs> 2, 1. And I just absolutely <laughs> lost it. And the listeners may not get it, but at least I can share that with you and share a laugh.
1: D- soccer breakdown in 3, 2, <laughs> oh, <no>, 1. <don't>. <laughs> soccer's <laughs> governing party. Three, two, one. Five for soccer's three, two, one. Oh, God. The red card has become the calling card for this year's tournament. Seven ejections for uh, three, two, one. Witness Romania's Ian Bladieu against the Swiss is or through. Three, two, one. Cameroon's Wiggleburg. Oh, <laughs> bonne We, we always have it ready, Mike. Oh,
2: I, I, I cried and our group, and you know, some (laughs) of them, Ron Vaccaro, our research group is sitting there. And I started to explain to the guys, like, guys, you don't understand. If this video, if if I hear this audio, (laughs) I truly tear up. I I can't stop laughing. And Kenny said that in the middle of the interview, and I was done. It was great. It was fabulous. Uh, Anyway.
1: Just for context, Gary Miller at ESPN was (laughs) voicing over in the 90s a World Cup, and he knows nothing about soccer, obviously, as you could tell. And then there's the tough pronunciations. So we're listening to this we're at work and we're just, we're eavesdropping on Gary Miller trying to, uh, you know, not butcher these names. And I, and at one point I opened the door of the, uh, the, the booth, the, you know, and he goes, get out. And, and I, just because it was crushing us. He was so, so oh. funny. It's so funny. Oh
2: my gosh. I, he, he, he made me laugh as, as, as much as anyone. I, that group, the, the one thing about that group of all of us, and I was a little bit late to the group, but, you know, me, Ravitch, Linda Cohn are on the back end of that group, and you're there, and Gary, and obviously uh, Charlie Steiner and Robin Roberts and Bob Lee are doing the 6 O'Clock Sports Center back in the day. The one thing about that group is that group ha- all had the ability to laugh at themselves. And that is actually what got us through a lot of those times. And you think back, it's 30 years later, and you still smile and laugh, and you bring up one anecdote. it's it's a, It's a great time in all of our lives. It really was.
1: Do you have tough names to pronounce? Like, like, do you get tripped up?
2: Yeah, the the Olympics are so hard because there's not even a frame of reference where you've heard the names before uh, the international. Links, you know that you spend probably more time working on that and the research team. Uh, I, this is not just like a check the box. It they're amazing. How do you say the name of the runner from? Oh, it's. Hang on a second. We'll get the and they get it right. And they make sure you they do the best they can to make sure you get it right uh you know i i, I think i learned with when i started doing the olympics and it was around you and al michaels you, you can't prepare for the entirety of the olympics it's impossible there are eleven thousand athletes you're never going to know them uh it's not like there's a reservoir of knowledge so you, you just try to take bits and pieces know the key athletes but if you're going to jump in and do a greco-roman wrestling highlight because there was a protest. There was an emotional finish. There was controversy. You're going to get a couple of those names, so you try to do the best you can with them out of respect for these athletes, because they are all pretty incredible in their own
1: way. We're talking to Mike Tirico joining us from Tokyo, and uh, you'll see him tonight primetime at 8 Eastern on NBC. The approach of we know what happened to you coming on primetime to then say basically, you know what happened, or do you play it sort of we're not quite sure what happened
2: down the road we'll show you how uh terry gannon and the gymnastics team called it right uh you you play it like that without giving away the result because there are still people and there were a couple of people who were mad at me last week when simone biles uh withdrew during the competition And I said, undoubtedly, you know, that Simone Biles withdrew because it was the top story on Uh the nightly news with Lester and it was top story on CBS's news and everywhere. Right. And it was 20 hours old. So. We intentionally said that, but didn't say the result of the competition in case anyone wanted to do that. I think the spoiler alert days are kind of done with the amount of information out there and video and phones and the 13 hour time difference. These are still the biggest events and people are gonna to want to watch Simone Biles compete, uh, the competition that just ended up this morning, US time. They're gonna to wanna to watch that tonight. As a matter of fact, the only reason I've dressed this nice Is because I truly just came downstairs. I interviewed Simone uh, for about 15 minutes, and that'll be on the primetime show uh, tomorrow, tonight, I should say, U.S. time. But we're we're not going to pretend like people don't know that she competed. And she competed. Most people are going to know she won a bronze medal. But we're not going to stand there and flag wave and say, "Hey, guess what? You can watch and see what happens. We'll show you how that played out." It's trying to be as honest as possible while respecting those who do want to see what happens.
1: What did you learn from Simone after interviewing her?
2: Wait, Dan, she was really uh, more talkative than I thought she was going to be, to, to be quite honest. Uh, I, I want, I'd want i love to go back and listen to uh, some of her answers even more closely. Uh, she talked about how the, the mental part of this was real, how she had to get cleared by doctors to go back out and compete again. Uh, she has been been through this before, but not anything like this, where she would just get lost in the air. Uh, All all of those things were were, were pretty fascinating. And uh, she she is, um, she was really proud of winning a bronze medal. She won a bronze in the beam last year, the same event that she won a bronze in a few hours ago. She's won seven medals. That's the most for any American gymnast all time. And she said she is as proud of this one, if not prouder of this one, than any of the seven
1: because of what she's been through the last couple of weeks. Did she talk about retiring?
2: Yeah, I know. That's one of those questions. Like she just got done competing. Is she going to give you an answer. She, she did, she did leave the door open for Paris. I'll say that, um, which I think it's only fair at this point. You You have to unpack so much. Usually these gymnasts like to go on a tour afterwards, it's their opportunity to get some financial success out of their Olympic success. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happens, but she did not slam the door. And her coaches who have helped her through this phase are French. And there's a part of her that has said, maybe it won't be in the all around, but she would love to try to hang around and do one apparatus perhaps. So she didn't slam the door and say, I'm done, finished, but it's so soon after, I would not hold her to whatever answer she gave on that.
1: What a bonus to have Michael Phelps on set where you think you're gonna use him for swimming And then you're using him for mental health with Simone Biles. And I thought he was wonderful.
2: I'm glad you said that, Dan. He was a stud. He was just awesome. He was honest. Uh, You've talked to him about that. uh, That Weight of Gold series, or uh, documentary, I should say, that they did on HBO was just um, excellent and shed so much light that I think I had an idea about but didn't really know until I heard the raw stories of many athletes involved and then you know, michael wanted to, his first answer when i asked him about the simone Biles thing was I, w- I wish we had an hour to talk about this right so as soon as we got done i asked our folks said hey can we talk to michael and just put it on peacock or and he was up for it so we did i think about 26 27 minutes that was just posted in the last couple of days it is very 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 little to do with me it's just kind of giving michael a forum to speak about it and he's honest about it. And he, he pointed this out, Dan, which I know you've seen and you've experienced firsthand that when these athletes get done with the Olympics, it's over, man. It, it just stops But they built for four and in the cases of these athletes, five years for this week, for their moment for, you know, I just watched 200 meters. It's 20 seconds. That's it done. And now like, what am I training for? You know, Katie Ledecky in the pool every day, not going to get in the pool for a while. So it's eye-opening, and uh, Michael helped share with us what a lot of these athletes are going to be going through around the world as they go back home this week.
1: And I don't know if you know the impact that you and Phelps had and helped Simone Biles, because you, you, Michael's the greatest ever. And and he went through this. So he's saying, hey, this is real. And I think it helped instead of, because Simone was on Twitter, people people roughed her up. And yeah. but then you had people who backed her. I mean, like it was like this uh, this taffy pole of emotions and people being angry or people being supportive. But I think Michael Phelps calmed that down a little bit, a lot because Michael is saying it, not you know just some announcer. So it, you guys did great exploring well, it.
2: Thanks. I, I I agree with you, Dan, and, and I think you know in any sport we turn to the best of all time to help us understand the sport, right? And in some cases, they don't become the best TV analysts, right? But we try to hire them. We put a microphone in their face and we try to have them share their um, experiences. Well, Michael was doing that with the swimming stuff. He said some great stuff in swimming, but to do it in this avenue, now lets every other athlete know, in Michael's words, it's okay to not be okay. And hopefully we'll get other folks to realize that the mental health piece of this given the pressure and the exposure of sports right now is very real and something that we have to have conversations about. Look, we have to get past the old days. that said, ah, just play through pain. That's changed in sports a lot, right? Well, this is another part of that. Just play through the mental anguish, the mental pain. That might not be the case. And we have to be okay with that. If we're going to be okay with sharing in the euphoria we get from when these athletes do great things for the teams that we love and care about. Can, it's been eye-opening for me, for sure.
1: What can people look forward to tonight with the coverage at uh, 8 Eastern?
2: Yeah, you'll see the gymnastics with Simone Biles, the track and field uh, with a couple of terrific finals, the 800, the 200, Rye Benjamin in the 400 hurdles uh, was, was amazing with Karsten Warholme, uh, the other uh, last night. That would be U.S. time. Uh, We'll have more live track coming up as as the night goes on as well and some diving. It's the same week two Olympic potpourri of stuff. It's, as you know, uh, swimming dominates week one, track and field week two. So it'll be a heavy track and field as we go down the last four or five days. And the U.S. is uh, is in pretty good shape. They have a, a variety of names that we're learning and a bunch of good stories so we'll uh, continue to share those next few days here and then the team stuff starts to wrap up with hoops and all that the next few days as well
1: you have been giving to us and i will give back to you one more time satan john luca paul yuca paul the mother three two one <laughs> mike thanks for staying up and uh, uh we'll be watching tonight at 8 eastern <laughs>
2: Always. Thanks, DP. Say hi everybody.
1: That's Mike Tirico, NBC Sports, the Olympic coverage primetime host. That's at 8 Eastern.
3: Uh,
1: The gift that keeps on giving. That was one of the things, when I left the mothership, I said to Fritzy, okay, you got to get your Rolodex out. Is there any any interviews we can get? And there is a guy behind the scenes. uh, I'll just say his name is Tim. And we said to Tim... Hey, can you help us get some of our favorite interviews out? And Seton certainly helped. Like, this was all clandestine. This was, we we were trying to sneak stuff out because I knew when I was leaving, these guys were still there. And I was like, you got to get Gary Miller's soccer breakdown out of there. Yes, Seton. I,
4: spent, I gave my two weeks notice there and then spent the next two weeks burning CDs of interviews.
1: <laughs> that I would smuggle out yeah. of my bag. Yeah, and and when Seaton got out, I said, what, what'd you get? Like, And I didn't yeah. want any email correspondence. I didn't want anything.
4: And that, there would be like, uh, then the first say left there and then started here and it'd be like, okay, uh, where's that Phil Jackson interview from 1996? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I didn't get that one. <laughs>
3: oh, you didn't get that
4: one? How did you miss that? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. No. I was trying to get 15 years worth of stuff. Oh.
1: I know. Yeah. Yeah. Play.
5: I've got this side email account that's been for years, and I've got email from like 07 with Seton where he has a side email it's account. A,
1: it's a burner account. Yes.
5: And we are giving him lists of, of audio to pull. He's like, here's 30 more things. Like, okay, dude. And that's a response because he's got so much to get.
1: And, you know, I didn't want to put Seton's two weeks in jeopardy or they weren't going to pay. Whatever it was, it was like, you know, he's doing me a favor by leaving and you know, starting this. And, and I was like, I got to get this audio here. And even Fritzy's Rolodex with all of his names, all of the contacts in there. I'm like, Fritzy, you got to get that out of there. Yes, Todd.
3: Yeah. I remember there was a couple of numbers that uh, were kind of stashed away in a file. And uh, that was going to be either deleted or been left behind. If we didn't uh, just grab those and start putting them into a different system.
1: It's so weird, you know, cause they're w- once you announce you're leaving, then they basically escort you out. Uh, They usually don't give you a two-week notice. And these guys were joining me. (laughs) The competition, they did not want me to succeed. And I'm like... Before you announce, you have to get this stuff because once you do, I was worried they were going to shut down your computer. They're like, "Look, we all know where you're going." Yeah, I know. We're like, well, I'm that's funny. I, I know. don't know, no Seton idea. Seton had to be, you know, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I'm going to announce my two week notice. Just going to explore my options. <laughs> <laughs> like, do your yeah, PA. We 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 know where you're going. <laughs> yeah. We we know you're going. We know where we're you're going. going. Yeah, yeah, yeah." Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning. 9 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
6: This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. As you may have realized,
7: I watch a lot of sports, like a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See amazon.com slash amazonprime for
6: details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real
5: Steel. Offer valid of on select AK systems, sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
1: Ian, what did you learn today from Bruce Arians?
8: I learned uh, that Bruce Arians worked his team like they didn't win a Super Bowl. It was actually really interesting because there's a couple of things I kind of want, and you're, you have to excuse me. I'm walking around and have to go to TV in like two minutes. These guys are about to kill me over here. Um, I learned that Bruce Arians is not worried about a Super Bowl hangover because all he wanted to do was beat the blank out of his players in a very nice way, football way, of course. Um, but but they, they certainly are not, certainly are not working uh, like they just won the Super Bowl and they're fat and happy. I also learned that Tom Brady is still a very good football player, though he did not practice today. Um, sounds like he has looked as excellent as you would imagine. Um, some other things, but I would I say those are probably the main points there.
1: Can you uh, help us handicap what's going to happen with the Colts?
8: Yeah, I mean, so a couple things. The the window for Wentz, five to 12 weeks, um, that is a long window. That probably means he's going to miss the opener. It probably also means he's back before September is over, probably. So I don't get the feeling they're going to trade for anyone. It feels like they're going to go with Jacob Eason. Mm. Seabro Wentz is in his rehab if things are real, real slow, maybe they'll reevaluate, but it didn't feel to me like this is a team that's going to be real, real active in the trade market. It felt to me like this is a team that's confident in the guy that they drafted and wants to move forward with him. That's kind of the sense that I, rather than, you know, go trade for Nick Foles or go trade for Gardner Minshew or someone like that.
1: When do we find out something with Deshaun Watson? When does the NFL have to say something or the Texans say something? Because... I mean, he's been cleared to practice,
8: well, he's, and he's not practicing today. Um, I, it seems like a minor, uh, minor injury issue for Deshaun Watson. Obviously, getting you know playing fourth safety, um, something that you know dinged him up pretty good. Um, so he's you know minor injury, not practicing today, and uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how long this lasts. It's a little bit of a, I would say, a fascinating injury situation. Uh, with the Houston Texans,
1: yeah, I just wonder about that. Though at at some point, they have to make a decision: commissioner's exempt list or whatever it's going to be. Um,
8: yeah, but commissioner's exempt list is not going to be till there's games at stake. Yeah. So um, it's the weird murkiness is going to continue for the foreseeable future, and I have no idea when it's going to end. I just know of all the things they're looking for answers for there are no answers like his case is not he's not even going to be deposed till probably february yeah um so it's going to be continued to be incredibly you need me right now it's going to continue to be incredibly murky dan i really apologize um i'm being called on to no be on the NFL Network no right now. no worries i am thank you for adjusting and and um I owe you a beer next time I see you in person. I really apologize.
1: No worries. No worries. Thank you, Ian. We appreciate it. Thanks, Dan. That's uh, Ian Rappaport, National Insider, big TV guy. He's on the uh, NFL Network. Yes, McLevin?
3: That felt more urgent because Ian was walking around, if you didn't see the video,
1: like, yeah. oh, he's got something good. Yeah, like he, he just came away from talking to Bruce Arians and what do you have for me? And I guess he's saving it for NFL Network. Yes, Paulie.
5: I still don't understand. I don't think we will. The commissioner's is exempt list because there's no, you can't find it on the website. You can find any, every NFL rule that there is on their website about uh, uh, helmets, about jerseys, about player, different policies. That's the one you can't find out. It seems like a universal power list that the commissioner has that he can just unleash when he, for the good of the game. Yeah. So you, and right, it is, it is
4: kind of confusing that it only counts for in season versus now, like right now, you don't need to be on the commissioner's exempt list because there's no pay attached to it, I guess. But then once you get to week one, you're going to start looking at game checks. And that's when it sort of kicks in.
1: Yeah, there's a let's avoid embarrassment list is, is sort of what the commissioner's exempt list. You know, Adrian Peterson, uh, Ray Rice. And then I wonder if he'll be put on this commissioner's exempt list at, at some, you know, in the next couple of weeks as we get closer to game time. But, you know, the Texans don't want him there. He doesn't want to be there. But you can't do anything about it. And the fact that he's not going to be deposed until February, it feels like, at the earliest, is there going to be a settlement? Can there be a settlement in time? Uh, If there is a settlement, what's the trade market for him? Yeah, McLeod.
3: It feels like the NFL would really not want to... If, say they uh, suspend him four games now and found out something. That would be a terrible
1: situation, right? Well, I was told you you can't... The team can't suspend him and the NFL can't discipline. You can't have double jeopardy, I was told. And uh, that the team could suspend him for four games. But then I was told if that's the case, the NFL can't suspend him. And But I'm still trying to f- find out if that's true. Can they suspend him for four games, the NFL then tack on a couple more suspensions. I don't know how that works, but it just feels like if you're the Texans, you want answers like the NFL. Do they owe the Texans answers because they have to get around. It's on their time frame that when they decide to hear this or what they decide to do, can they decide anything right now? And you know, with these uh, lawsuits, not settled, civil suits, not settled. Like it's, it's really tricky. But you wonder: Is Philadelphia just waiting for this? Uh, and how long do you wait? Because it doesn't feel like Jalen Hurts is their quarterback of the future, but it feels like he's a placeholder right now until they get that opportunity to bring in Deshaun Watson. Um, and Philadelphia, you know, Michael Vick went to Philadelphia. You know, when when we thought nobody was going to take Michael Vick, and then Andy Reid says, I'm going to take Michael Vick. Uh, you know, there were protests. There were people who weren't happy. But, you know, people moved on from it. I don't know if it'll be that easy with Deshaun Watson with this. Yeah, McClellan.
3: Didn't uh, your buddy Tony Dungy help with Vick uh, and yeah. Andy?
1: Yeah. Well, I think that there was a possibility Vick was going to go to the Raiders. And I hope I'm not speaking out of school, but I think Tony wanted to make sure he was going to somebody that he knew and could trust to, to really be able to bring Michael Vick in and, you know, Tony trusted Andy Reed and that's how Michael Vick ended up there. But Tony had had a relationship with Michael because when Michael got out of prison and that's when Tony said, Hey, will you join me at a prison in uh, outside of Tampa with Michael? And, and, uh, we went and talked to inmates and Michael talked to these inmates and, uh, you know that was where it was. It was eye opening for me because I didn't know Michael Vick, but I got to know him. We went to dinner the night before. We got up at I think four thirty in the morning, got on a bus, and uh, you know this was uh, you know Tony's you know work with the church, and there were a lot of church people on that bus with Tony, myself, and uh, and Michael Vick, and I just remember we went into this this prison, and the number of young men who were there, young African-Americans, and they listened to every word that Mike had to say. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, and you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at youtube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for
6: Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com, that's ang dot or download the app today. As you may have
7: realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See amazon.com/amazonprime
6: for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of Steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets.
5: Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK systems through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
1: A couple of phone calls here. We'll wait for Lane Kiffin, set to join
5: us coming up. Yes, Paulie? Do you guys know anything about Equestrian? Do you rent the horse? Do you own your own horse? Does the stable, like, assign you a horse? How does that work?
1: You, you, well, I think she owns that horse.
5: Well, her dad has money, but let's say you're like some... 10-year-old whose mom and dad don't have a ton of dough. How do you get into an equestrian?
1: I'm going to guess that you're able to use horses that they have. You rent those. Yes, Eden. I don't
4: know. It sounds like an awfully expensive sport. Yes, it does. Uh, but I know that the horse that she was on, she's been riding for two years. Yeah. Yes, McLevin. I heard the story. So they moved from L.A. to Jersey because Bruce didn't want
3: his kids to move up, and they moved to a 358-acre house with horses and a stable across. But my wife was an equestrian, and she, did it. she grew up in inner-city Chicago, which is a hotbed because, you know, in like Grand Park, Paul, you can help me out. One of
5: the park Central Park has it too. Inner city riding programs are a big deal. There are some parks on the south side of Chicago yeah. where you could ride horses. Mm. Not where I was from. Mm. There's horse cops.
3: Oh. Yeah, she grew up where Obama grew up. Uh, I don't know what it's called. Uh, south side.
1: North but, side. But that,
3: uh, <laughs> which one is it? I don't know. I, it's some side. People always say, like, you can't just say south side. You have to say it with emphasis. Oh sets. really? I don't know, but uh, yeah, she, inner city horseback riding is a big thing. Uh, Sarah was a jumper over like the uh, the you know like the you know I don't know what that's called. You know what it's called? Jumping. Jumping over the fence. Dressage <laughs> is when they dance. Yes, I,
1: I, 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 I'm I'm fine with some of these events, but there's some events and you go. This is a sport.
5: Does the horse get the medal too? No. Does like the the horse doesn't get the silver? No. I mean, it's at least 50-50, that partnership.
1: Well, have you seen those horses dance? Yeah. When, when the music comes on, the horse knows the song and starts dancing. Like, it's crazy. I, I, I don't know if it should be a sport, but that's one of those where you go. Really? Dressage. And why don't they have synchronized swimming for guys, for men? <laughs> they I, don't? I don't think so. I, I've only seen the women do synchronized swimming. Or rhythmic gymnastics. I know Will Farrell did that in old school, oh, but yeah. but and, and they did it he did it quite well. But I, I don't know how they decide, well, this is only going to be for men, this is only gonna be for women. Yes, Paul.
5: Did we finish this whole Bruce Springsteen bit without Fritzy throwing in one Bruce Springsteen attention? What else is he here for?
1: Yeah.
3: Will oh no. <laughs> That's all I got. You had four minutes. I know. You should have had, like, a limerick or something about it.
1: No, oh, Todd has a limerick, by the way. Carson Wentz limerick. I don't know what rhymes with Wentz. Uh, Todd, are you ready for your Carson Wentz limerick? Sir? I am. Okay.
4: The
3: Colts had some lofty goals. Now the offense suddenly has holes. Carson Wentz breaks his foot in the season maybe could put. He's lobbying, so give it to Falls.
1: Okay. Thank you, Todd. You're welcome. Well,
3: I'll go find Coach Kiffin. Hopefully. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> now go back to your day job, all right? Uh, Mark in New York joins us on the program. Hi, Mark. What's on your mind today?
2: I think that a much better choice for Damian Lillard would be to go to the 76ers. The 76ers made it to the conference championship, so they're close. So the Sixers have to give up Ben Simmons and draft picks, and it'll be a question of does Portland want that?
1: Yeah, But why is Portland going to take that Mark?
2: Right. Well, well, the team theme...
3: <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Yeah, yes, McClub. And, and they didn't make the conference championship. They lost to Atlanta in the uh, round before the conference championship.
1: Yeah, I yes, Damian Lillard would be great <laughs> for the 76ers, but they want a whole lot more for him. they they, they want to give up, I mean, Philly wants draft picks, and like it's crazy. They want all-star. Like it's wild. Uh, Lane Kiffin is uh, joining us on the program, the University of Mississippi head coach. Where are you right now, coach?
9: I am in Oxford, Mississippi. We are back at work.
1: All right. So this is the uh, this is the official interview room at Ole Miss.
9: Uh, this is actually our team room with the backdrop.
1: Is anything in there that's interesting?
9: Uh, no, just a bunch of chairs, and that's about it. <laughs> You're
1: looking lean here. You're looking good. You look in shape.
9: Thank you. Good summer. Yeah. Had some discipline this summer. Are you all right? Yeah. Doing well. Um, in uh, California and in Boca for vacation, uh, where I sold my house, and now we're back at work here.
1: Uh, your reaction to uh, the new additions coming your way, Texas and Oklahoma? I think it's great. I mean, the
9: SEC is already the most powerful conference and most draft picks and, and kind of dominating recruiting. So this probably goes to the next level where you're basically looking at it now as you know, if you're a recruit, especially with name image likeness money, you want to make that, how are you not going to go
1: to the SEC? Do you recruit Clemson? Do you recruit big 10 teams? What do you, what do you think the SEC, what else is the SEC going to do? I, I have no
9: clue. Um, I worry about what I can control. Um, obviously, don't have any say in that. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't guess that you'd go add more, you know, right away. You know, kind of like when they put um, A&M and Missouri in. But you never know.
1: What would you tell Texas and Oklahoma they're in for joining the SEC, certainly with football?
9: <clears throat> Just every week. You know, that's the difference. You know, coming here uh, when I went to Tennessee from USC and then Alabama and then back here now, it's just every week, you know, it's on and you're going to have some great players on the other side and usually some high NFL picks, you know, on every team that you play.
1: The uh, name image and likeness has been big. And I know uh, at least it was reported that you were surprised Bryce Young at Alabama was going to get a million dollars here. Um, How do you deal with that day to day with your team, with players?
9: Well, yeah, I was surprised by that. I was at the SC Media Days and that was thrown out there. And I just didn't think that it would get to that level, especially this fast of players that hadn't started or really played very much. Um, But I guess after looking at it more and, you know, talking to people more that there's more into investing into the younger player, that's going to play a few years versus the guy who's going into his last year of eligibility that, you know, if you sign them, you only got them for one year, um, you know, to make money off of them. So Uh, It's just a new world that we're dealing with. Um, More like it would be in professional sports. We really are professional sports now. I mean, players get paid, and we have free agency. Except our free agency is almost year-round. So, um, you know, it really has changed a lot.
1: Yeah, I was wondering how this works if a booster at Ole Miss says, hey, I'm going to give this starting offensive line $50,000 each for whatever, promotion." Um, or a restaurant, you know, we feed the uh, offensive line at Ole Like, do you, do you see those things happening? Like, do you have to put out fires as the head coach here or anything go through you with the name, image, and likeness?
9: Yeah, we just send it because it's so complicated now and, you know, what you're able to do where you couldn't do any of this before, you know, it couldn't help out at all. So, you know, or pay players. So now we just send them to compliance, let them figure it out.
1: The, uh, the transfer portal. How, how does it work that if, if a player is going or you're, you're able to receive a player, how much heads up do you get with that?
9: Yeah, you don't really. You know, it's like I said, it's a free agency without the, the rules. Um, so kid just goes in and all of a sudden he's out there. You can go take him, you know, or your kid comes and goes in and it's not like you can franchise him or something like that. And, <laughs> keep him. So, uh, and they can like go in and then like come back. So, um, it's, you know, allowing it now that where everybody can just go and play immediately is awesome for the kids, but that's a whole, you know, I don't think it's going to be as great as everybody thinks. Um, and you're going to have a ton of kids, just like we have had uh, hundreds and hundreds of kids that go in with nowhere to go because the numbers don't work right. You know, you lose these kids, they don't give you new spots you still only have 25 spots. Yeah. So a school may only have one or two spots to take people, but yet all these kids are leaving thinking they can go somewhere. And then when you take them, let's say you take, somebody took 10. Now that's only 15 guys out of high school you can take. So that's 10 less high school players getting scholarships just to one program. So I, I think it's going to have some unintended co-
1: consequences here. You had one of my favorite players, Elijah Moore. Yeah, he was taken by the Jets. What are the Jets getting with him?
9: Awesome kid. I mean, I, I already saw interviews where they were talking about it's like he's been in the NFL already. Uh, very unique maturity, uh, practice habits, preparation. So he is a true true example when they say what a pro player is. He is and already was in college.
1: Is it the transition from pros to college or college to pros? What do you think is uh, tougher? Because I'm, I'm looking at you know what Urban Meyer is doing as a coach. So uh, is, is there a tougher transfer between those two?
9: Yeah, college to pro, that's, a, that, that's definitely tougher. But they're really tough either way now because if you haven't been in one, like even if you go pro forever and you come back to college, it's just changed so much. Um, and the offenses have changed. You know, I kind of, it's like two different sports now, you know, the NFL and college. And really it used to be, in college, we were always copying the NFL. Yeah. You know, going to make cutups to their offense and plays. It's actually backwards now. The NFL actually, over the last three, four years, copies college football. If you look at you know the RPOs and different type of throws and offenses and usage of tempo and situations, it's actually gone backwards. I think it's harder for a defensive coordinator, you know, that's an NFL background, to come in and be successful in college.
1: Well, do you think that you got hired? you know, with Saban at Alabama, just because he needed to get caught up with modern offenses. I mean, maybe that's not fair to coach to say it, but you were brought in to give a freshness to the offense.
9: Yeah. And I think that's well documented. He, he said that, you know, he wanted to change um, and credit to him. He saw the problems that was giving him on defense. They had actually lost their last two games at that time um, to Auburn and kick six and then to uh, uh, Oklahoma in the Sugar Bowl. So, you know, credit to him. He wanted to change and saw that people that weren't changing and evolving on offense and still trying to do the old way, you know, pro-style, under center and all that, they were getting fired. So, um, you know, and and that worked and it changed. And then that, to me, that changed recruiting of offensive players at Alabama, which is – now an issue for all of us because now they can go get all the offensive players because it used to be you had a chance to beat them on offensive players <laughs> because they were so conservative. Well, now they're winning all these awards and everything and scoring 50 points a game. So <laughs> now, now nobody beats them on defensive players or offensive players.
1: Does it feel hopeless at times, given how great Alabama is?
9: Um, A little bit, you know, at times um, in recruiting, especially when, you know, announces that his quarterback, his backup quarterback from last year is getting a million dollars. That's, that's going to be a little hard to recruit against. <laughs> I mean, like he just accidentally threw that out there, you know. Didn't
1: you need to get Warren Buffett or Jeff Bezos to uh, be a sugar daddy for the program there. Yeah, we, we're we
9: going to need some help
1: on that one. Uh, I And I think he's signing a new contract. Like, how much is Saban worth if, if you put a – of dollar figure on it each year to that program. I
9: mean, way more than what, what he makes. And, and I understand, you know, faculty and when people say, okay, how does a guy like that make that much money when he just coaches football? But, you know, the money he brings into the program and the university, you know, people, you know, when a football program's rolling, you know, the university changed. Um, you know, student applications change, you know, so tuition goes up, you know, every, everything changes. So as crazy as it is, kids around the country will watch a football program doing well. And they say, I want to go there, even though they don't play football.
1: Well, good luck this season, coach. We'll be checking in on you and uh, always appreciate your time. All right, Dan, have a good one. Thanks. Thank you. That's uh, Lane Kiffin, uh, Ole Miss head coach. They went four and five last year. They lost, uh, uh, let me see. No, they won. They Didn't they beat Indiana in the Outback Bowl, I think? I think they uh, beat them by a touchdown they or did. something. Yeah. Yes, Paul.
5: It's uh, Shredfest down in Oxford. Yeah, he looks uh, yeah, he looks uh, tan-rested. Look, look good. No visor? Yeah.
1: I, I was wondering if he even wanted to do the interview when we started. I was like, uh, is everything okay? It took a little while. Normally, he's, he comes out of the gate, and he's on fire. Well, thin
5: people aren't funny. Th- thin, healthy people are nowhere near as funny as people who have a couple pounds on Yeah, them. remember
1: when I had that problem with Jonah Hill? Mm-hmm. When, I, when I, I ask him, you know, do people not think you're as funny? I, I don't know what the line was, but I have people who in Hollywood who remind me of that line. They're like, I, man, I remember when you asked Jonah Hill that if he's uh, thin, or he got thinner, is he not as funny? And, and Jonah didn't take too
5: kindly to that question.
1: I think he laughed at all. I think he was like, oh, come on, Dan.
5: Do you think that's why he put the weight back on after that interview? He became funnier. I think he said, did you really just ask <laughs> me that? <laughs> I believe it
4: was the, the quote. Hey, did you really just ask me was that? Was it? Oh. Do you want us to go
5: get the clip? <laughs> no. <laughs> You're saying no or yes? No.
1: I but, but I wasn't saying he wasn't funnier by being skinnier. I just wondered if people reacted that, okay, I've had a couple of bad questions out of the thousands of interviews that I've done. I've had a couple of them. Yeah, Paul.
5: There's a scene in the movie Funny People. Do you remember that movie Funny People? It's Seth Rogen, Jonah Hill. Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. And, and Seth Rogen is kind of in shape in that movie. He's like, for him, he's kind of really in good shape and thinner. Yeah. And Jonah Hill has a line. He goes, you look weird now that you're in shape. You're not, you're not as funny or something like that. He goes, you look weird now that you're in shape. There's a line where Jonah oh, Hill delivers it to okay. Seth Rogen. Where he goes, you don't look in shape now. You just look weird. And he says it to Seth Rogen. Okay. All Maybe right. that was based off our interview with mm. him. Mm. Full
3: circle. Mm. Yes, McLovin. It's it's a fact. Good-looking people are not funny. It's just because they don't need that skill. It just never, never happened. You don't work on it. Also, you don't work it. If you're tan and handsome, why do you? You don't need. It's like to be a beautiful
1: funny. woman doesn't develop her personality. Oh, I don't know about that. No, well, people will say that they they may not have a great personality because they don't need one. I'm not saying. that. I mean, my wife has both. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Tom.
3: Not that I would know, but an actual comedian who does shtick on the uh you know, on stage, they're often angry, they're bitter, they're yeah. depressed, that's part of their act. And it's hard to buy into a good looking, fit, healthy person as
5: being upset or angry with the yeah. world. Yeah, or but sad. Eddie Murphy was funny. Right? But yeah. but nobody wants you know the guy who wins uh the quarterback who gets the cheerleader doesn't ever win Funniest guy in school. That's the guy with like the little love handles and the curly hair, and is everybody's buddy and drinks out of yeah, the yeah. But cat. I was class clown. Were you the quarterback and the prom king?
1: I was uh, my freshman year. I was the representative of the freshman class in the uh, the prom court,
5: assistant to the assistant manager, yes,
1: something like that. And started I started out
5: pretty high. I, then... I did play
1: quarterback freshman year, so. <laughs> But I was
5: class clown. Look at Dane Cook, the comedian. He was really hot for a short amount of time because, for a comedian, he was like a ten. And then the backlash because he was too good looking. Where did he go? I, don't know. I haven't heard from about Dane Cook in a I while. I think the backlash was more about where he got his material. Well, and his that,
1: looks. That, that that there was some backlash. Be nice. that. Yes, uh, yes, McLevin,
4: you're well documented talking
3: about your challenges in the looks department in high school. Yes, I. Yes, that's I. why you got funny because you were skinny and like me.
1: Yeah, well, not like me. I like. I wanted to. Yes, when your face is full of acne and you're very skinny, um, and all I had was a jumper to my name. I, it, I had nothing else. That was it. So, yes, I, I had to come up with something and still trying to come up with something. All right,
2: everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that, but there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments
4: Include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win, or rent frenzies.
2: There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on.
0: You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.
7: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it
1: done.
0: If you're committed to living a healthier life, you might want to look into working herbs into your wellness routine. There's a reason people have trusted them for thousands of years. Nature's Way understands that nature is the ultimate problem solver, and they're constantly inspired by the power of nature. For example, their ginger root and slippery elm bark have been traditionally used for digestive support. And St. John's wort, holy basil, and ashwagandha can provide mood and stress support. And because Nature's Way sources from around the world and does a ton of comprehensive potency and quality testing in their state-of-the-art lab, you can be sure you're getting top quality herbs. To learn more, visit naturesway.com.